0: Sound that like me.
1: This Sunday, more people will attend a Pentecostal church than any other kind of church. Pentecostal congregations like Hillsong in Sydney and Influences Church in Adelaide are among Australia's biggest congregations. So, Who do you think you'd see if you walked through the doors of a church like that? Well, a fair chunk of the congregation would be
0: teenagers.
1: (laughs) Hi, I'm Andrew Singleton, and I'm a social researcher at Deakin University in Geelong. This is Australia's Generation Z, a podcast which comes out of a major new research project that looks at teens and diversity. In each episode, you'll hear from teenagers we've interviewed, as well as others we spoke to who were teens a long time ago. This is episode one, Teenagers, Religion and a Changing Australia. So what role does organised religion play in the life of a teenager? Who are the teens who go to church now? And how many of them are there in Australia? And why do they follow certain faith traditions and not others? I mentioned at the start of this episode that a reasonable chunk of Pentecostal churchgoers are teenagers. So what's the appeal? The loose style, the preaching, sure. But it's the music that's key to their success. Hillsong is famous the world over for its music. It's not surprising that the young people in Australia who go to church are attracted to these places. When they look around, they see the faces of other young people, and you're not likely to see that at your local Catholic congregation. That's a lot different from 60 years ago when churches of all kinds were pretty well stocked with teenagers. Back then, the Pentecostal movement was tiny. You can't really understand the present without understanding the past. Australia, in the 1950s, was a pretty religious country. Well, a pretty christian leaning country. Religion was a big part of a lot of people's lives, and part of the fabric of society. God, queen, and country. Churches were important for other reasons too, beyond just religion. This is Anne, who was also a teenager in the 1950s, talking about her church at the time. There was a huge group of young adults. And on a Sunday, we used to do a Bible study, have afternoon tea, go to church in the evening, and then go down to the coffee shop. We put on a fabulous musical. We did Oklahoma, and we had this huge production, particularly because we had a couple of really good singers and very good musicians. Yeah, we absolutely loved it. There was sport coming out of the church as well. Back then, a lot of people were connected to the church. Nine out of ten people identified as Christians, and about half the adult population went to church at least once a month.
2: This is the evening bulletin for Thursday the 12th of February 1959. Good evening. There were hymns and tears and a huge crowd that gathered to welcome Dr Billy Graham to Melbourne this afternoon. About 500 people, mostly women, greeted the American evangelist with hymns as he arrived at Essendon Airport.
1: The world-famous American evangelist Billy Graham toured Australia in early 1959, hosting a series of rallies at major outdoor venues like the MCG. It was called the Southern Cross Crusade. Tens of thousands of people across Australia turned out to see Graham. A rally at the Melbourne Cricket Ground drew a crowd of 130,000 people, which is still the largest crowd to ever assemble there. In fact, it's estimated that about 1% of the Australian population committed their lives to Christ during that tour, and plenty of those people were teenagers. Clyde was an 18-year-old when Graham came to town. He told me how the rallies had been a catalyst for committing his life to Anglicanism.
2: All over Sydney there was discussion about it, and then you couldn't go anywhere, I suppose. Taxi drivers or people in shops or whoever would be talking about the crusade and the number of people who were going and the publicity it was receiving. So it was highly publicised and a real talking point, just in general terms. Not in any necessarily religious terms, but just as an event, I suppose. Sydney had never... I don't think Sydney had ever seen anything quite like it before.
1: We know from social research that people's ideas and beliefs really start to crystallise in their teenage years. We also know that what we believe is influenced by the social mood in which we come of age. For the most part, the people who were teens back in the 1950s have retained their religious loyalties. They're rusted on Christians, so to speak. Today, they're the ones who fill the pews at your local church. But the following generations of teens, they haven't followed this path. That's because Australia's changed a lot since the 1950s. In the last 60 years, our cities have really expanded. Dozens of universities have opened, and more women than ever before have joined the workforce. We've become far more prosperous, got shopping malls, Sunday shopping and Sunday brunch. And we've also had the late 1960s, the era of the pill and the sexual revolution, second wave feminism, protests against the Vietnam War and experimentation with mind-altering drugs. I started getting into drugs and things like that. That was Frankie, who was a teen back in the 1960s. I've taken quite a number of illicit substances over my time and had some very interesting, what I would term spiritual
0: experiences as a result of these experiments with drugs like LSD, ketamine. I tend to look at things like that as being able to access areas of your
1: unconscious mind. For all of these reasons, the cosy, insular white Christian society of the 1950s hasn't survived intact. Drugs and war weren't the only changes. Australia also became truly multicultural. Australia's religious landscape has changed heaps. There's fewer Christians and a huge number of people who say they've got no religion. The Muslim, Buddhist, Sikh and Hindu communities, they've all grown much bigger as well. Younger Australians, teenagers especially, are at the forefront of this change.
0: I was born overseas, uh, so most of the stuff uh, on religion was based on my community's uh, religion. So there wasn't much freedom in what everyone wanted. But when I came to Australia, my thoughts were not changed.
1: This is Dennis. He's a Muslim teen who lives in the western suburbs. Migration is one of the biggest drivers of religious change in Australia a lot of the most dedicated Christian teens are migrants, or their parents are migrants. And that's true of Islam too. Now that he's 18, Dennis maintains an active commitment to his faith, like a lot of Muslim
0: teens. I've always been a person who believed the holy books and what I've always been taught.
1: In Islam, following certain practices is a really important part of the faith. But for Dennis, getting to the mosque isn't always easy.
0: I'm a full-time uni student and I do have a job, so it's kind of a bit hard for me to go. But when I do have the time and the option to go, I do go and um, I do follow the practices at home.
1: Our survey data tells us that about 17% of Australian teens are seriously committed to a faith tradition, whether that be Christianity, Islam or something else. These religiously committed teens are passionate about their faith. Whether they're Muslim, Pentecostal or Hindu, they follow most of the practices of their faith tradition. Most of them have been raised in that tradition and have religious parents.
2: My name is Madeline and I'm 18 years old. I identify with the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, so we're Mormons.
1: We interviewed Madeline as part of the AGZ study. She was one of more than 30 teens we spoke to in depth.
2: Since I was really young, from a baby on, I've been a Mormon. There was a point in time where I was like, you know, when you're a teenager and you're thinking, there are so many options for me, what's going on? Is this right? Is this real? Is this true? But I had a hard think. I didn't want to just go into life and be like, yeah, this is the religion that I'm in and I'm just like a follower. It was more like I wanted to make my choice and to see for myself if it was making me happy and myself me.
1: In the main, religiously committed teens belong to faith traditions that are what we might call high demand. You're supposed to take an active part in a range of religious and social activities. At the same time, strong commitment's also expected of them. Here's Madeline again.
2: In my particular religion, boys and girls at the age of 18 or 19 can go on a church mission. So the church mission is that you get to serve in a particular place or country, and you serve for two years for boys and a year and a half for girls. You have a random person as your companion who you work with and you preach about the gospel. I was thinking, wow, how brave, how amazing is that to just leave your whole family for two years and to just live with God. So that was inspiring to me.
1: So Islam and Pentecostalism are going okay with teens. But what about those traditions that were big in the past, particularly the big Protestant denominations like Anglicans? Well, they're in something of a freefall. In the last 40 years, the proportion of Australians who call themselves Anglican has halved. Now, it's a denomination with a really aging population and it's experienced a massive loss of young people. And what about Catholic teenagers? More than a decade ago, hundreds of thousands of Catholic teens from around the world descended on Sydney as part of a festival known as Catholic World Youth Day. The Pope came out to visit. I was there back then as a researcher. There was a lot of hope that it would inspire young Catholics in Australia to start to go to Mass more often. That didn't actually happen. These days, about 19% of Australia's teenagers say that they're Catholics. A lot of them believe in God, but most of them don't go to Mass. They just identify as Catholic.
2: You don't have to follow the mainstream line of your actual religion. Like you don't have to go to church to speak to God, like he's always there with you and everything.
1: That's 18-year-old Elizabeth, she's typical of most of Australia's Catholic teenagers.
2: I would say that I'm a spiritual person, but not a traditional spiritual person like in the Catholic religion. You don't need the middleman of the church. The scriptures are there for you to take stories from it, so everyone's going to take a different story from it.
1: So, our study found that contemporary teens are not particularly religious in the conventional sense, if this is measured by belonging, belief, and practice. A small minority run counter to this trend, and are actively committed to a religious tradition – Muslim, Pentecostal, Christian, or otherwise. This doesn't mean, though, that the majority of teens are now just secular there's still an openness to the transcendent and spirituality. We'll explore that in the next episode when we look at teenagers, spirituality and non-religious ways of being. <laughs> That's the end of this episode of the Australia's Generation Z podcast. I'm Andrew Singleton and I wrote and presented this episode. It was produced at 3MBS Fine Music Melbourne by Jess Karaskalauherd. See the show notes for a full list of credits. Thank you for listening.